Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. You know, for the past two weeks, I've been asking you about your kids' Halloween costumes, and I finally got to see them on one of your social media accounts. (laughs) Yes. I don't know whose it was. Uh, It might have been your child's. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But they turned out amazing. Oh my gosh! I yeah, Grandma came through with a uh, a homemade pirate ship out of a wagon for the pirate and the parrot, and I could not have been more thrilled. Plus, then we had a vehicle to take them trick or treating, so it was just all all around good stuff. Well, I I, I don't know how you're going to top it for next year, but you have 360 or so <laughs> days to plan. We might not. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, now you have to think about uh, what you're going to dress up for for Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. The the famous costume holiday of Thanksgiving. (laughs) Thanksgiving is just left out. You know, I actually was truly thinking about this the other day, and I've actually wrote about this before for Billboard as I fall into a hole. But the my my point was, like, there's so much like Halloween kind of music and there's so much Christmas music. But Thanksgiving, which in itself is a big family oriented holiday where a lot of people get together and play music, there isn't a lot of Thanksgiving specific music music and i feel like it's just it's just crying out for someone to make a a more thanksgiving music well just please check out gary truss uh article on billboard.com about uh thanksgiving songs which is all cold together like you know uh doing the mashed potato and things of that nature, <laughs> you know, like oh, different right. parts of the meal. <laughs> like everybody loves yams time. It's yam time. Everybody <laughs> loves a yam. That's not a song. There's a turkey lurkey time. Oh, right. Song. Of course. And don't yeah. forget Adam Sandler's The Thanksgiving Song. Exactly. All right. We've fallen into a pit. We're going to get out of it right now because <laughs> as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Lana Del Rey and Elton John both notch their latest top 10 albums on the Billboard 200 chart, how an old album from the Rolling Stones and a new album from Duran Duran both hit the top 40 on the chart, and how Adele's Easy On Me holds firm at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, while Doja Cat lands her fourth top 10 with Need To Know. 
Also on the show, we have news about Ed Sheeran being out of COVID quarantine and ready to perform on Saturday Night Live this weekend, as well as breaking news that Cardi B has been announced as the host of the 2021 American Music Awards. Stay tuned to hear us chat about Cardi's first big hosting gig in just a bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, Drake's certified Loverboy returns to number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart for a fifth non-consecutive week on top as the set rebounds from number two. It earned 74,000 equivalent album units, which was down 10% in the United States in the week ending October 28th, according to MRC data. Also in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, Lana Del Rey achieves her eighth top 10 and her second of 2021 as Blue Bannister steps in at number eight with 33,000 equivalent album units. Del Rey visited the Billboard 200 top 10 earlier this year with Kim Trails Over the Country Club, which debuted and peaked at number two on the April 3rd chart. All told, Blue Bannisters is Del Rey's eighth consecutive and total top 10. Nice. Uh, she has become prolific. Yeah, it, it, I think it I mean, I think it did kind of surprise some people that she had two albums come out so closely together this year. It was supposed to be even earlier too. Blue Bannisters was supposed to come, I think, in the summer. That's and right. It got yeah. pushed back. But uh, but still, two albums in a year is quite the pace. Yeah. Um, also in the top 10, Elton John lands his 21st top 10 album as his all star, all collaborative release, The Lockdown Sessions debuts at number 10 with 29,000 units. Lockdown includes Elton's latest top 40 Billboard Hot 100 hit, Cold Heart, which is the Pinal remix with Dua Lipa, as well as collaborations with a who's who of artists, including Young Thug and Nicki Minaj, Charlie Puth, Eddie Vedder, Stevie Wonder, and Stevie Nicks, among many, many others. John notched his first top 10 over 50 years ago when his self-titled album climbed 11 to 7 on the January 30th, 1971 dated chart. Uh, it peaked at number four a week later, by the way. Um, by the way, breaking down his 21 top 10s by decade, he had 13 top 10 albums in the 1970s. Speaking two, of prolific. Yeah, I know, whoa. right? Two in the 1990s, which means he had none in the 1980s, one in the 2000s, four in the 2010s, and now one in the 2020s. Um, John is in a select group of acts with at least 20 top 10 albums on the Billboard 200, dating back to March of 1956 when the list began publishing on a regular weekly basis. And um, I won't read off every artist who has had at least 20 top 10s, but I will tell you that the Rolling Stones have the record for the most top 10 albums with 37. And in terms of uh, soloists, Barbara Streisand has the most among soloists with 34 top 10 albums. Speaking of the Rolling Stones, next up, staying with the Billboard 200, the Rolling Stones' 1981 album Tattoo You returns to the chart for the first time since 1982, thanks to its recent 40th anniversary deluxe reissue. The album re-enters at number 24 this week. 
It originally spent nine weeks at number one back in 1981, and is the band's most recent number one of a so far nine chart-topping albums. Also in the top 40 on the Billboard 200, friends of the podcast Duran Duran earned its 13th top 40 charting album as the group's latest studio effort, Future Past, debuts at number 28. By the way, it's two steps below Dua Lipa's own future album, Future Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duran Duran got its first top 40 album in January of 1983 with Rio, which went on to peak at number six. And weirdly, or maybe I'm, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking this is weird, and but it's not really that weird. Weirdly, of all the band's charting albums, their highest charting album is actually a live album, the 1984 release Arena, which peaked at number four. I just think that's weird. Maybe Katie doesn't. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, well, we we've talked about live albums and live recordings before, and it feels like the '80s were a especially big heyday for for those. So I that just, feels just, like I, it makes a little more sense. I, I think I think um, chart geeks will 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 think that is a, a bit weird because you think of like Rio as like an iconic Duran Duran album, and you think it naturally right. would have charted higher. It's one of those things where Arena came out after. Um, Rio was hugely popular and Arena was kind of basically coming out like right as Duran Duran was like peaking in terms of their huge popularity. And so it almost didn't matter what was on the Arena live album. It would have charted high anyways. Right. Um, Whereas Rio probably just like slowly built and had like, you know, if you look at the concentrated success of Arena. But I would like to say if you are a Duran Duran fan, you need to listen to our Simon LeBon interview from earlier this year. When we spoke very early about the album, um, when they released their lead single from it. Yeah. And uh, you can listen to how I muted Simon right in the middle of the interview. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's the part I really wanted to flag for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, lastly, over on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart, Adele's Easy On Me stays at number one for a second week, while Doja Cat's Need to Know rises 11 to 9, becoming her fourth top 10 hit. She earlier visited the region with Say So, featuring Nicki Minaj, which ruled for one week in May of 2020. And she also hit the top 10 uh, on Ariana Grande's 34 plus 35, which was featuring Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion. And that hit number two this past January. And with Kiss Me More featuring SZA, which hit number three this past July. And now it's time for some of the biggest headlines over on Billboard.com. So Ed Sheeran announced back on October 24th that he was in isolation due to a positive COVID-19 test. But on Tuesday, he revealed he's out of quarantine. He's gotten the all clear to resume his normal business. And he wrote in an Instagram caption that he's excited to hit the ground running with work again. And SNL is still on. So tune in Saturday. Now, when he first announced that his, uh, you know, he'd been diagnosed with COVID, it was unclear whether his Saturday Night Live gig was still on the table. But he assured fans that he will be on stage in New York this weekend alongside first-time host Kieran Culkin, who stars on uh, Succession. Ed Sheeran's going to be there, whether he has to, if he has to be in a hazmat suit, he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, we weren't sure because, like I said, it was October 24th when he announced and he said he was canceling all in-person appearances. And so fans worried that he, you know, the timeline wasn't going to work out with SNL. But obviously they've uh, gotten that figured out. And actually, breaking, breaking news, uh, SNL announced 
all of the hosts and musical guests for the month of November, reconfirming Ed, of course, for this weekend, but also adding Taylor Swift for the following weekend and Saweetie for the weekend after that. It's timed with the re-release of Red, if you were wondering about Taylor, the Taylor timing. Well, yeah, the Taylor Taylor time, that makes sense. I just assumed Adele would be in the mix somewhere, but I guess not. Well, if you do the math on that, what's that? November 6th, then November 13th, then November 20th is Saweetie. So I guess, yeah, no Adele. I'd say we could say no Adele pretty safely. Oh, Uh, Yeah, as of yet. Um... Let's see. And I was going to say, uh, Ed is promoting his latest album, Equals, which was released this past Friday and includes lead singles, Bad Habits and Shivers. Keith, do we have any indication where Equals might end up on next week's Billboard 200 albums chart yet? I have lots of indications, <laughs> lots of suggestions, lots Prognostications. of lots of, of um, forecastimications. <laughs> um, from, from everything I have seen, the early reads seem to indicate that it's going to have a high debut um yeah. i i'm always reluctant to say like what position it will be in but it seems like it's doing um quite well out of the gate and um it should have a really really robust number um i don't want to say it's going to be number one because uh, you know because god help me i might jinx it um but we'll see we'll see but it's, it looks it looks like it's off to a really great start i'd like to predict that it will be number one in the uk <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> I mean, sure. And I say this after uh, Bad Habits was number one for like 11 weeks and then Shivers took its place for like another three weeks until Elton John uh, unseated it. Anyway, it, the lead singles have done particularly well in Ed's native UK, so I feel like his country people are behind him. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In other news, Cardi B is hosting the American Music Awards. A five-time AMA winner herself, Cardi has three nominations at this year's show, including Favorite Female Hip-Hop Artist and two nods for Up as Favorite Music Video and Favorite Hip-Hop Song. And, you know, our awards editor, Paul Grine, who's been on our show before, pointed out in his article that Cardi joins a long list of hip-hop stars who have hosted or co-hosted the AMAs in the past, which include... MC Hammer in 1992, uh. Will Smith in 1994, oh. Queen Latifah in 1995, LL Cool J in 2001, Diddy in 2002, and Pitbull in both 2013 and 2014. Can J-Lo count as a hip-hop adjacent artist? No. Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, no, fine to say adjacent, I suppose, but I wouldn't call her a hip-hop artist by any definition. It's funny. But I yes, don't, she's been on many hip-hop songs. I don't remember a lot of AMA hosts full stop. Um, so I didn't realize all those folks had, had, had hosted the show. Wow. I know. It's quite the list. And I, I, I remember Pitbull because I was working at Billboard by then, so I remember covering those shows, but I don't remember the list um, before then either. Um, so in a press release announcing the Cardi news, she said, quote, when I received the invite to host the AMAs, I was so excited. I'm ready to bring my personality to the AMAs stage. 
So Keith, I, I want speaking of her personality, I wanted to talk about why I'll, I just I'll just go on a soliloquy for a moment. I want to talk about why I love this this pick. Um, I think that one of Cardi's biggest, maybe her biggest strength is her personality and her um, just like infectiousness when it comes to every like social media po- post that she does where she's just so fun and hilarious and like off the cuff and inventing words and all the stuff she does. You put this on a award show stage, it's not going to be boring. And that's kind of the thing that a host is there to do. They're supposed to keep things moving, keep things exciting. The other thing is that all of her fellow nominees are going to love that she's up on stage. I feel like the audience is going to be on her side. I feel like uh, at home and in the room, everybody's going to be on her side because she's so fun. So I love this. And I think that it's kind of like a no brainer for her to be hosting things. Um, so, yeah, now, yeah. now that you've heard my monologue, Keith, <laughs> no. what, do you, what do you think about this choice? I mean, I I think I think in terms of just the get of having a dynamic, um, magnetic personality, kudos to the AMAs for, yes. for booking Cardi. Um, I immediately, as sort of a technical person that, you know, has occasionally been sort of like on a live mic hosting something. I also know that you have to be very quick. You have to listen to the person. You have to move things along. And I I do kind of wonder, she's so good at being kind of like off the cuff and like, you know, just rolling with it. I wonder, like, will we be able to see like Cardi's personality shine or will it be kind of like, you know, kind of like, um, held back in a way because she has to kind of like keep all the moving parts kind of together. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, like she might be in her head a little too much or feel a little more reined in than normal because, you know, obviously as we've seen from, you know, looking at like a run of show for something like this, things are down to the second um, on a broadcast like this. And so, you know, being off the cuff could also be a little bit of a, a potential issue in the sense that like, you know, you've got 30 seconds for this bit. You've got 15 seconds for this bit. Right. And you shouldn't go over either way. Right. So I see what you're saying. But I also I think that the the thing that I would um, point to would be something like her interview with Bernie Sanders. OK, this is a moment where like she just kind of like was riffing, asking every question that was on her mind. And I feel like the way she was able to manage that interview and like do such a fun, good interview with him, it was sort of practice for doing like just being thrown on a stage and maybe an answer comes at you that you uh, don't expect and something's going to come at you that you don't expect during an award show. And she handled that really well, rolled with the punches. So I I think that she's going to be great. I think the I think the optimal I think the op- I think the hope, the optimal hope here, that's such a terrible phrase, <laughs> is that it is kind of like the polished kind of acting that she did in something like Hustlers. Where Hustlers. It's like, you know, she my f- movie favorite movie of <laughs> whatever that was two years ago. I love that movie with with something like and, and I say that because like, you know, sometimes you are involved in doing bits or pre 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 taped bits that could be. That could sort of take off kind of like the the heavy lifting of the show where mm. it's like, oh, you have a really funny pre-taped moment with her interacting with other people. But then also you just sort of expect that she probably will have like a kind of wild opening show moment. And 
um, that will set the tone for the rest of it. And kind of, you kind of hope that throughout the show, she will just be kind of like thrown at like celebrities in the audience and see like oh my what gosh. happens with Cardi and Diana Ross in the audience or hand, whoever, hand her a stick mic and send her into the crowd for sure. Love I, that idea. I mean, and then just, you know, have that person, have that guy in the back with the button pressing the beeping to just censor her in case just something get ready. happens. Just get ready. <laughs> just be ready, guy. <laughs> Oh, so uh, I think we're on on board for this. I I think if nothing else, it's going to be fun and exciting for sure. Like, I think that she will um, definitely add just a a spice to it that maybe hasn't been there. Maybe she um, can maybe she can get Bernie Bernie Sanders to present an award. (laughs) There you go. I think that's a great idea. Or maybe he could sit in the front row and recreate his meme with like the mittens, (gasps) the crossed over mittens at the inauguration. Maybe I'm the only one who wants to see that. <laughs> Look, Bernie's going to still be probably in D.C. trying to, um, you know, get some laws passed. Maybe he probably has other things to worry about, but that would be great. Fair. Yeah. And one final note, I like I mean, let's I'll wait and see how this one goes. But I just feel like she makes so much sense as a host. I'm like already dreaming up other things that she could and should host. So like, I I don't know. I mean, even like not necessarily live things or award shows, but like, you know, it feels like Cardi should do like kids say the darndest things and like interview children or something. I don't know. I'm just thinking like this is the beginning of potential like hosting career uh, phase for Cardi. And I love it. And I hope that we also might get new music soon because it's been a minute since we've had some Cardi music as well. When when she gets yes to all those things. And I immediately (laughs) I immediately had another thought, another great sort of like off the cuff Cardi moment when I think like the government shut down or something. And I think it was January of last year, maybe. And she did. She went on social media and she just basically riffed. And it was like, it just felt real. It felt authentic. It felt. Are you genuine. talking about the famous coronavirus rant from the beginning of the pandemic, or maybe <laughs> no. I don't know, but I, it, it, maybe it was that. It's just I think, I think it's just there's there's a certain kind of genuineness that comes through um, yes. that I hope that they are able to amplify and get across, and that. Nothing um, is kind of lost in kind of right. the shuffle of doing a live broadcast where maybe like totally. something is something, something, some of that Cardi B magic gets lost. I hope we don't lose any of that. Yeah, it basically, it needs to feel like a Cardi Instagram live, but for like three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, well, if you'd like to t- tune in to this very special primetime Cardi B Instagram live, uh, the 2021 AMAs are set to air live from the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles on Sunday, November 21st. Oh, and I suppose I'd be remiss if I did not add that we share a parent company with MRC Entertainment, which produces the American Music Awards. We'd right. be talking about it regardless. But let me give that disclaimer as well. Katie might be at the show this year. Are they going to have people? And Is there going to be a press room? I don't know if there's an in-person press room yet. So uh, stay tuned. And I may or may not be involved. Last year, I was in a virtual press room for the mm. AMA. So we'll see if they what direction they go this time. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Forty years ago this week, Daryl Hall and John Oates's Private Eyes hit number one on the Hot 100, marking the third of six chart-topping hits for the duo. The song rose three to one on the chart dated November 7th, 1981, and spent two weeks atop the list. Altogether, Hall and Oates has collected 16 top 10 hits on the Hot 100. 
They've had more number ones and more top tens than any duo in the chart's history. While Hollow Notes haven't been on the Hot 100 since 2005, they most recently charted with a new release on any Billboard chart back in 2018 with the single Philly Forget Me Not alongside that, that, the that band. That was that one with Train, right? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> oh, just... You were about to say that. <laughs> literally what I was going to say. With Train. Uh, it, it peaked at number 12 on the Adult Contemporary Airplay chart. It's a good little song. I don't know if you know it, but uh, it's a great Hollow Notes record. I love how Katie was just like clearly not reading along in the script. She's like, yeah, no. was that with Train? I'm like, yes. I was just listening. I was like, oh, yeah, Philly, forget me not. Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. <laughs> 40 years ago this week, Private Eyes hit number one on the Hot 100 chart. We've reached the end of our big shoe. By the way, one half of Hall & Oates is a friend of the podcast. I got to talk to Daryl Hall on the flipping phone. That was like five years ago. Um, yeah, which was a real treat. I'm a huge Hollow Notes fan. I got to see them at the Troubadour one time. Really? Yeah, they because they 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 kicked off their career in L.A. I mean, I should say they kicked off their L.A. performing career at the Troubadour in the 70s. And they did like a return to the Troubadour performance in like 2011, 2010. I'm not sure. I was working at MTV at the time. It was like you and a hundred other people in there, basically. Oh, my God, it was so small. And I mean, they let me in first too. like um, this is all thanks to my now husband, Dan, then fiance then or boyfriend or whatever, who was like, you're with MTV. Tell them go up to the front of the line. And I'm like, no, I'm scared. And we did. And when I got in there, it was like it was just us. So like I planted myself at the stage until and then the crowd came and filed in behind me and it was a crazy experience so i was just so looking did, up at daryl hall and john oates the whole time did, did did you walk up to the to the beginning, beginning of the line and said listen i can't go for that no can do i have to be at the very <laughs> front of the crowd inside i wish i had said that now that you say it but i was probably much more like is there like an early press entrance <laughs> or something of that nature? <laughs> Katie's Katie's gotten so much wiser through the years. She doesn't right. take any BS anymore. <laughs> That's right. Um, so what song should we go out on? You just said it. I can't go for that. Parenthetical title. No can do. All right. Is the uh, obvious answer. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.